Hi everyone, this is Gavin Hammer from Sendable. Today I'm joined by Nikki Creel. Uh, Nikki, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for inviting me to come along on your podcast. Uh, absolutely, it's really exciting to have you on board. Um, obviously, we met in person at Social Media Marketing World in March, so just uh, great to have you and uh, kind of just for you to share your insights with our audience. I was going to say, you, you throw a good party. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Uh, that, was a, that was the first time attending there, and we obviously just tried to experiment a little bit and... Uh, Thanks for coming out for that. And um, just for those who don't know your story, can you share a bit about how you got started, how you got into social media, kind of what you were doing before and how you kind of moved into it? Okay. If I start in the beginning, I started off as a marketeer. So my first job was for Lieber Brothers. So working in the FMCG marketing space. I also sort of worked for a pet food company in both sales and marketing. And then I stopped because I, my oldest was four um, and I had children. So I did things like selling Tupperware and selling books and um, helping friends with startup businesses and IT recruitment. I did quite a lot of different things. <laughs> um, I sort of like retrained as a master NLP practitioner. And it was in terms of trying to promote my business that everybody kept on saying you really need to be on social media now this is back in 2009 so quite a long time in social media terms yeah and I had a look at Twitter and I just I didn't get it I just looked at it and I was like how the hell can you get business um when there's there's just links it seemed to be disjointed I just didn't understand there seemed to be a lot of jargon with it and I did a a Murray Smith course at that stage she was doing both almost an introduction to Twitter and Facebook I know she's now specializes in Facebook Um, but I did her course and doors started opening and things started happening and then people kept on asking me how I was doing that and at first I was trying to find somebody locally who could train people and I just could not find anybody who was doing that and I was at a networking meeting basically it's one of these meetings where you had a chance to introduce yourself I thought I know I can probably get this room let me what's a date in two weeks time by the time it came around to me I was running a Twitter course and I literally had people running <laughs> towards me to oh, sign wow. up for it <laughs> but, so that, that's how you know how I got started um, in, in teaching people how to use social media for business um, literally I suppose one-eyed king leading the blind but the amazing thing with training people um, is that you learn so much from the people you teach just by the questions people ask you know, I was starting to blog about it. So you do a lot of research when you write blogs, etc. And it all snowballed from there to my obsession with social media. <laughs> so, so if we fast forward, I mean, okay. obviously you were invited to speak at Social Media Marketing World. How did that come about? Like, how did you build up your gravitas and, you know, how did that happen? I mean, that, that's amazing. Okay. I, I mean, it's the second time I've spoken to Social Media Marketing World. But the first first year or so, I was trying very hard. It's, I don't know if it's when you try too hard, things don't work for you. But I've written two social media books, um, which helps. Um, I've been speaking on international stages, etc. A lot of that has come through, because I started with free talks. I started, um, I was a member of Toastmasters International, which helped you with public speaking, which made a big difference because you just get to practice um, speaking in public and then eventually I wangled, <laughs> I wangled my way in the first year they said uh-uh. <laughs> <It's> like, 
but you know because that to me was when I started out I my aspiration was just to get to social media marketing world um, and then then it changed into speaking and social media marketing world so I don't know I've just been I suppose blogging consistently I don't blog as much now because I tend to write for a lot for other people and mm. so I'm writing a lot about social media but it's not always under my own name um, and I teach I train people and I speak internationally um, and around the world in fact I'm a digital nomad I don't know if you know that about me I didn't know that <laughs> <laughs> so I travel around <laughs> amazing yeah so, so are you in London at the moment or where are you right now? No, I'm at the moment I'm with my children. They, they're based near Liverpool, which is, I lived in Surrey, which is near London for for most of my time in England. I'm originally from South Africa. I don't know if you can tell. This is yes, like yes. <laughs> <laughs> this comes out every now and then. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if you could name sort of one thing or one turning point that kind of started you off on this journey, what would it be? I mean, obviously you mentioned Twitter and discovering social media. Was there anything yeah. else that kind of triggered this change in how you how you grew over the years? I think probably the thing that really boosted things up was I did a 30-day blog challenge and just consistently writing. I didn't manage all 30 days. I think I wrote, but I wrote something like 25 or 26 blog posts that day. And I, I had to simplify it because I thought, what can I write a lot about? So a lot of stuff I started was with the how-tos, you know, how to do this and how to do that, etc. And I was amazed at how quickly it grew my traction and my, my credibility um, in social media just just by doing that. And by the end of the 30 days, things have had shifted in a very big way for me. Shifted? How? Was it just kind of getting people's just, attention? Or? Yeah, it's getting people's attention. Um, a lot of my business comes through having a very good LinkedIn profile. So I could find found so speaking in India and working in Dubai and, and Qatar and yeah, sort of like all those places, a lot of that has come through having a very good LinkedIn profile. Um so that definitely helps. Um so that's interesting. So what would you say would make a good LinkedIn profile? I mean obviously you you, you have you have a good one yourself. How, <laughs> what sort of recommendations would you have for people to improve their, their LinkedIn profiles? Okay, so with LinkedIn profiles you when you write them, they're not an online CV, sorry, um, resume. They are actually for the person you want to attract. So everything you write on there has to be geared towards your ideal customer. So you're not writing about you, you're writing for your customer, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so it's always been customer focused, almost having the person that you want to reach you can almost view them so you you're talking directly to them that helps and uh, and obviously having keywords is is very essential without you know, it's of like obviously keyword stuffing your linkedin profile i mean how would you know that your linkedin profile is working or it's it's proving successful i mean how do you measure that well it's i suppose you you see people looking at your profile so that's an obvious thing there's a lot of automation now with linkedin so there's a lot of spam well it's automated processes so they nobody's actually looking but it's a bot that's looking at your profile but in a year or two ago if somebody looked at your profile it was definitely an indication that you were coming up at a search and that they might be interested and quite often i'd look at their profile and they might contact me for for that so I think it's not whatever measures you use, it's whether it's actually bringing work, work in for you. Um, that has to be a, your ultimate measure is, is this actually doing something for my business? So if, if people phone me and ask me if I can 
go um, work in the UAE, then that that's working. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, like well, rather than having lots of conversations, and but a lot of it is building trust and building relationships and raising your visibility and your raising your profile with people. Okay, I mean, so obviously you've spoken to a lot of businesses, you've done consulting. What would you say is it that most businesses struggle with when it comes to social media? I think a lot of it is about how to get enough content out there or the right content out there. So it feels, I think a lot of people struggle because they get overwhelmed with like, what do I post now? You know, and if they're posting a lot of stuff, is it working for their business? How, you know, what is the stuff? What is the content that actually converts or, you know, gets an interest with people? So I think content for social media is a big big issue at the moment and it's the one that I see a lot of agencies struggling with because they're not too sure what they should be posting for for their clients um, and lots of small businesses um, struggle with it as well because they post something that appeals to them or sit on their particular day and think of something to to say and that's never the most efficient way to do it. So what would you advise to them and what's the solution? Well, I think you need to have a plan. <laughs> it's always useful having a plan. And obviously, you know, with sendable scheduling content would be use, useful. But it's really having a plan so that you don't miss deadlines. So if you've got an event coming up that you can actually plan um, like a week or two before the event, you know, that you start talking about it on social media rather than at the last minute, which a lot I see a lot of companies do. They just leave it until the last minute and then suddenly wondering why people don't respond on it. It also saves so much time because if you're sitting each day and trying to work out what to post, that is time consuming. You can batch produce content if you know what's happening, what's coming up for the next month. So you can batch produce, you can curate content that you can spread over the, the month. It doesn't take that long to actually create good quality content. If you're creating content, you want to create more than one post at a time or one image at a time or more than one video at a time because it's a lot more effective um, and efficient use of your time doing that. But also, you know, having a focus of right up of content, not the content that's easy for you to produce. So making sure that you've got a good spread so that, that all the th- messages that you want to get out about your businesses at least in the week or over the month um, you're talking about this, the, the stuff that's important for your business so as we were saying before we started um the show we, uh, you know we're saying that at sendable we work with agencies mainly yeah um, and a challenge they have is how to get that content from their clients you know how to get the real authentic content to them so they can write that that content on behalf of the clients what yeah. advice would you give to agency founders or people starting out an agency in terms of how to, how to gather the content you know, from, from, their, from their customers and clients? Okay. I think quite often with clients, they you say, yeah, give me content or I need pictures, et cetera. It doesn't, they're not too sure exactly what they should be producing. Okay. So if, if they've got a clear idea of what it is that you need them to get for you or what you need to collect. So get them into the habit of taking photographs at all the events that, you know, that they're attending or if they've got a display of taking pictures, you know, throughout the office that you can use as behind the scenes. So it's, actually directing the clients more in terms of what you need from them and having a clear plan. So what are the categories that are important for their clients? What is their buying journey? So are you 
tackling all the areas of the buying journey? Are you sort of building awareness? So some, some content will be about building awareness and trust. Others will be about answering questions in part of the buying journey that, you know, is the frequently asked question, helping people along that journey of, you know, why they haven't bought from you yet. Um, there will be obviously sales type um, messages that you want to send out, but also customer care. You know, what do you do? with customers sort of like so existing customers both happy and unhappy customers so you need to have a, a plan plan for that it, i see quite often and i suppose when i was in marketing there was complaint between marketing and sales that there was always this thing that happened between departments and i've seen it with agency being no nobody's sending us stuff but i think the clearer you can make it for for the companies what in what type of stuff that you want to collect and have even if it's like headlines of the type of content you want to produce so if you need to write the content for them it's having those clear ideas and having that plan together that you can work on as a team okay um and how would you work out like sort of what content categories to create for your business or for your clients I, I have a little thing which I nicked off um, Jasmine Starr. She did a talk about two two years ago um, at a social media examiner thing. And, and she said, if you have, and the idea was from Instagram, your last nine squares that you show should represent your, your business. Okay. So I get people to draw a square, you know, with nine nine blocks in it. So a grid and I get them to ask them to fill in what are the categories that are important for their business. And it's amazing how many ideas and especially if you've got different people from the company that you get to do it. So within the room, people will have slightly different ones, but there should be things that are you know everybody's got the same thing on the page people approach it in a slightly different angle and generally if you take all those ideas it tends to spur on a lot of ideas just getting people to to fill in what are the nine categories that they want to to talk about in their business or what's important for them and then I always get them to add things like a behind the scenes because obviously behind the scenes is important mm. in terms of building trust it's also important because if you've got a product a physical product that you want to show or you've got a product launch uh, that it's about to launch that's really useful having the behind the scenes for the pro you know product development obviously you don't want to give away confidential information um and yeah that that spurs on so many ideas just taking the simple grid grid idea it's it's quite fascinating how how many people fill it in some people will be sitting there staring and only have a few blocks in and some people will be scribbling away <laughs> i can imagine and then it's a case of bringing that together all those ideas because a lot of them can be grouped so you've got different groups that you can talk about etc and it's a good way to to make sure that so like over the whether it's one you know once every seven days you you're talking about one of those subjects or you spread it over a longer period say let's say 14 days or, or something like that that you're covering all all of those those things so that that when you look back at your social media you covering all the things that you need to talk about it's brilliant um and what would you say you know obviously in your career what's been the the hardest challenge that you've had to overcome and how did you overcome that challenge <laughs> i think there's so many challenges <laughs> i mean i boot, bootstrapped my my business from scratch you know guy i was working in fact until well until it became a digital nomad i was working from my dining room table in my house around my children's schedules um 
I think the thing is, a lot of it is self-belief. So, you know, sort of like all of us probably have this, maybe maybe some people have a very healthy ego, but where you feel almost a little bit of imposter, um, like who am I to give people advice? Who am I to train this person? You know, and I know when I do training, I always have, even though I've been training for so many years, I always have this thing that maybe they know so much more than I know <laughs> before I go in. And then, you know, obviously within a few minutes, I know that's not, not true. <laughs> but I always have this thing, you know, like that, that I don't know enough. Um, and it's actually realizing that you, you are enough and that you do know enough and that you can, can help and add value. Yeah, I guess it's the same for me, like being a you know, first-time founder and CEO. I have to pretend yeah. I know everything all the time. Uh, but it, it's, about, yeah. you know, it's about learning as quickly as you can, like just keeping up and learning and developing and, and growing with every experience you have, I guess. Um, yeah. and what, what would you say are you most proud of up to this point? I probably don't look back enough because <laughs> you're always looking forward in what you yeah, haven't done and have done. Um, I, I, I think... A social media marketing world is, I suppose, one of the pinnacles of knowing that I've done enough <laughs> to put myself, you know, in front of, uh, you know, top top social media marketers around the world, you know, again, standing in front of them. And I, for my talk this year, I had actually people, so I was talking on Twitter um, and I had people from Twitter in the audience and they came up and told me how much they liked my talk, which is like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like really, really chuffed about that because you hope that you're always giving the best advice. But, you know, obviously I I read probably about two hours a day. You know, sort of like I'm learning continuously, forever attending webinars, learning, you know, sort of like so I probably know a lot more than most people in the world about <laughs> social media. Not everybody, but, you know, like, and yeah. obviously I'm, I'm quite, I've got quite a broad knowledge of social media. So, mm probably haven't niched enough but yeah so so which author mentor or book would you say has been most influential in your life in my life <laughs> there's um well there, there are a few i suppose personal ones um murray smith had a big impact in me in terms of getting me started on social media seven habits um of highly effective people you know it's a book that even though it's quite a hard read i read every now and then um to back it up i've read I was going to say, I just read so many books or I've read so many books. <laughs> just like trying to find out which one. I'm I'm always horrified that people don't read that much. Or, again, like I was speaking about social media books that I've read and I've got a pile of social media books that friends have written now mm. that I need to work my way through. But sometimes people don't read and you think, well, how, you know, how do you learn? And I suppose you can watch YouTube videos, but um, I, I learned through reading. So I know, I know it's a very vague, vague answer to you. The path less followed was really important to me, but that's more with how I raised my children and mm. my yeah. approach of taking responsibility for my own life. Um, yeah. yeah, sort of like, so that's more on a personal development side. There's so many wonderful books. Have <laughs> <laughs> there uh, been any books that have helped you with speaking, like public speaking and overcoming nerves and delivering good talks? Anything? The best tip I would give to anybody who is interested in doing public speaking is to find your local Toastmasters group, which is what I did. There are other types of groups that are similar, but I'm, I joined Toastmasters. And what it does is 
it's a positive encouragement. So you practice like doing five to seven minute talks and you have people evaluating you um, and it's in an encouraging, comfortable environment. And I think that did wonders to, to my self-confidence because you're just practicing, you're getting up on stage and talking. Public speaking is not something I think you can read about. That's something mm. you just actually have to do. It's not, you know, it's not something that you can learn the theory about. It's maybe in terms of structuring a talk, but it is the more practice you can have and the more, but you have to be willing to learn from feedback, yeah. should I say. But it's not always the best speakers who <laughs> make the most memorable speeches. <laughs> so do you, do, you, do you still get nervous or have you overcome that? I think it's it's like it's funny because sometimes I'm not, but I think just before I go on stage, I suddenly have those like <gasps> moments, which is it's supposed to be you're supposed to embrace it like it's a butterfly a sensation because I suppose you're going fight or flight, so you can use that energy to either be really scared or to use it, you know, sort of to do the best talk. I as soon as with social media because I know my subjects. So as soon as I get going, I lose my nerves because what I'm concerned about is giving the best value that I can when I talk. It's not about me on the stage. It's about me helping other people. Um, okay. So last round, we're going to ask just a few sort of lightning questions. Okay. So you can give me one word answers or one sentence answers. Um, I'm going to test your book knowledge again. So the first one is, what's the last book you read? Uh, Mark Schaaf is known. Uh, what do you think social media will look like five years from now? I think that most people or most jobs will have changed because AI will be a major player in it. Just a lot of things like the analytic side, AI can do a lot better. Messenger bots will be responding. Um, people will be interacting, not necessarily human to human. But I think there will always be an element of humanness. That's word. <laughs> you, being human yeah. um, is the, an essential part of it. So I think if you think that social media is going to stay the way it is, it's not. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. having been teaching it for the last 10 years, I know, you know platforms have come and gone. Um, I used to do courses on Google Plus, you know, like oh, wow. <laughs> at certain points. Yeah. Um, Instagram hadn't even started when I started. All the platforms looked, you know, looked very, very different from the first times, you know, when I, I did training courses with businesses or you know, did strategy stuff. So you, it's just being adaptable, remembering what the core things that you want to share about your business. The platforms, I'm going to say, are irrelevant. There's tactics that you need to learn for platforms. Sorry, it's a long question. This is supposed to be rapid fire, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, I'm babbling on. That's fine, that's fine. <laughs> Uh, how many hours sleep do you get a night? Oh, probably not enough. Probably about five or six hours. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, how do you balance work, life, family, especially, you know, traveling so much? Um, okay. My children are grown up. So this is me time now. Okay. <laughs> so my, my youngest is 20. So I don't have to worry about them. But obviously, my family in South Africa I keep in touch with predominantly on WhatsApp, actually. Um, yeah. And my kids are popping every now and then. Um, and make sure that I cook the meals and things like that. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> hey, what do you know now that you wish you could have told your 20-year-old self? Enjoy the dots because I think it was it was a job, um, Steve Jobs, who said something about you can't join the dots except for looking back. Mm. 
And um, a lot of my career seemed to be these d different dots. The joining of the dots happen, happen later. So I think I just say enjoy the process because everything you learn will be important. Uh, and where can people follow your journey online? Uh, where's the best place to reach out to you? Okay, anywhere. I'm Nikki Creel, which is N-I-C-K-Y-K-R-I-E-L everywhere on social media so <laughs> so i don't mind how people want to contact me um i will talk to anybody whichever platform they want to you know so whatever you preferred one i i hang around on instagram facebook twitter and linkedin on a daily basis uh, so those are probably the best four ways you can contact me Awesome. Um, and then I know you've recently launched your book. Uh, it's converting conversations to, to customers. Um, so it's, it's about social selling. Uh, it's, it's how to take those conversations and create business from those, you know, random bits of conversation that you might have on social media. And where can people find the book? Is it on Amazon? Um, you can find it on Amazon, yeah. Okay, awesome. So it's, it's converting conversations to customers because I think the human side is really important um, in the element, in the mix of it all. Uh, I concentrate on that one predominantly on LinkedIn and Twitter um, as the platforms because I think social selling works really well, especially for business to business. It can work very powerfully. Amazing. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your knowledge and your insights and your journey with our audience. And uh, hopefully I'll reach out to you and people must go and buy your book. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much. Well, thank you very much for having me.